Um, hi, so this is a special edition of uh, the Brilliant Future podcast. I'm speaking to a friend of mine, uh, Andrea, um, and she has two wonderful kids and um, her own set of challenges to go with it. <laughs> and we've been, uh, we've been talking uh, recently, Andrea, about uh, one particular challenge. So do you want to introduce yourself and share? With yes. the audiences? Yes. Hi, I'm Andrea, and I have two small children, Valerie, who is who will turn five in October, and Thomas, who will turn three this November. So, um, and I recently, as of about a year ago, became a single mom, and so, um, yeah, I've got my hands full with my two little ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so, um, so I think that, you know, the mom anxiety is a, is a known thing. We all have a lot of guilt and anxiety about how we're raising, whether we're single, um, whether we have a house full of uh, family to help us or anything. Um, so what can you tell me about your particular, you know, challenges of being a single mother? And actually, and I know you relocated recently also. So what is the, what is the guilt related to it? What is the challenges? What is the good? What is the bad? Well, I think a lot, there's a lot yeah, of emotion that you go through when you do go through a divorce. And I think in the beginning, it is so very hard to talk about because, you know, you're starting off in this new chapter in your life with, you know, what you, some people may think is a failure, right? Because your marriage failed. And, and I think the, and so when you talk about it with people and you talk about your specific situation, you know, I think there, for me, there was a lot of worry of being judged or, opinions. And I think the thing that got me through so much of it was just to remember that every person is unique and every situation is unique and what works for you and your family is maybe not going to work for someone else. Um, and that was just the most important thing. There's some really unique things with my relationship with my ex and it works really well and it works really well for the children. And I think that that was what was so important to remember, to keep in my mind. And so, yes, yeah, so we, so I relocated the children down to South Florida um, to be close to my family. And Doug, their father is still in Atlanta and it really works well for us and the children. And, um, but it, it was a long time getting to a healthy place, but remembering that my situation is unique and what works for us was what helped me get through a lot of, you know, rough patches. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I want to I want to focus on one particular challenge. I know that's the school year recently started, and I know that you went through, um, you know, one episode with Tommy recently. <laughs> so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I, the potty training, yes, yes, uh, the potty training. I think is a challenge in any household. <laughs> And, you know, what worked for my daughter, you know, didn't work for my son. And, um, you know, I think that there was a lot, we talked a little bit about, you know, mindset and, and I think, you know, not only my mindset, but my, the child's mindset. Right. And, um, so yeah, it's been an interesting experience. We, his sister is at a school and I wanted Tom to be at that school as well. And they require him to be potty trained 
for class. So by August, which he's, you know, he's still not, he's not three yet. That's about two and a half for him, a little over. Um, they wanted him to be fully potty trained. So, <laughs> you know, it's just been, you know, it wasn't, you know, I wanted him to be in the class. So they, so it wasn't that I was ready to tackle this with Thomas, but, you know, in order to be at this place, you know, we had to go through this process. Right. And that also was a different than with Valerie, I was so ready. You know, I had just had Tommy and I had these two little kids in diapers. And one day, like, I think I changed about five poopy pants. And I finally was like, I, there's too much in my life. And so I need to be body trained because I can't keep doing this. Yeah. So um, it was a very different motivator than yeah. where I am with Tom. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because it's, it's almost like um, you had a very strong will to potty train um, Valerie, but you didn't have a very strong will to potty train Tommy. And so do you think that that had any impact on the, the interactions at all? I do. I do. And I think also, you know, my circle who I have talked a lot to, you know, at each point of potty training, when I potty trained Val and when I potty trained Tom and my circle of friends now were very, they're very clear that their boys were never ready until three plus. And I mean, I've consistently heard that from my, my support group and that's tough, you know, like that, um, not only was I, you know, lukewarm on tackling this right now. But in addition to that, the people that I turned to support with are like, oh, well, you're doing okay because it really shouldn't be happening for another, you know, three yeah. plus in your house. So, you know, it is a definite different motivator. And I think with potty training being such a big project, you have to <laughs> remain positive because if you're not positive and continually making it fun, if you will, or new and experience for the kids enjoyable, then you know, the progress won't, I don't think will be as fast as what it would be. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because I think you and I briefly talked about it. My kids uh, also, I, I also have an older girl and a younger boy. And, um, you know, we all as parents fall into this danger of sort of reading the books or comparing our kids to our peer group's kids and think, oh, you know, um, and, and, and you know, having two kids, they're not alike at all. <laughs> they're, they're all there on their own time schedule. They're, they, you know, they, they operate individually of each other. Um, so, so I think that we do fall into this category of comparison and what's right and what's wrong it, in a positive or a negative way. So sometimes it could be like, oh, you know, my daughter walked earlier than other, you know, little girls so I feel good about it and I think that in both cases uh, that's a danger because all kids are unique and they're all on their own timetable and I remember you know when I was trying to potty train my son because he took forever and my daughter was just so guilty so early that she almost potty trained herself because she just didn't want to do it and my son was just so happy with himself that he didn't feel any guilt or shame or you know just he was in no rush <laughs> to get trained and that was okay with me because he was I knew that I wasn't gonna have any more kids after him so he was my baby so you know I kind of babied him a little bit too but I think that um I think that at the end of the day you know um 
you know, I always thought when he's 21, will I care whether he was three or two and a half when he got potty trained? And that was the thing that kept me going. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of interesting. Yes. And I do, I find that, um, a little bit of it is the second baby syndrome, you know, where with Valerie, like I was very by the book and this is what they say. So this is what's going to happen. And she's not going to fail because that would be, I'm, then I'm failing, you know, it's just that whole, I'm going to be this great, perfect mom that goes by the books. And you know, that's where she's doing this. And, um, with Tommy, yeah, he's, he is my baby and he's the last one. And, you know, I do, you know, baby him a little bit more and, let, I'm not quite so strict with what's going on in our house. And, but two, also, I think that, you know, because this process is so long, he needs encouragement, but I need encouragement, right? When we keep hitting, you know, cause it's a two steps forward, one step back process. And that yeah. happens that, that that's, that's probably four cycles. I'd say that you, yeah. you go through that. And, um, so when these setbacks occur, I'm looking for words of encouragement because it is exhausting and you are being trained a little bit too, right? That yeah. every hour you need to be getting someone to the potty and you have to plan around that. And, you know, you have to pack the potty when you go on a road trip or, you know, just you're being trained too. And so when I'm turning to my circle of friends saying, oh, this is where we are, rather than hearing words of encouragement or ideas and stuff it's with oh well he's a boy he won't do it till two till three so don't worry about it you know and I'm kind of you know so it's this different I'm not hearing those words of like push through it or you know whatever here's yeah. suggestions it's just oh yeah no he's too young don't worry about it um so it, it's just a little different yeah yeah that's kind of interesting because I think that um you know, um, and I talk a little bit about mindset in one of my podcasts, uh, but um, uh, I think the mindset matters. And I think that instead of instead of encouraging, instead of rewarding children with either saying you did really good or oh you you made a mistake, um, I think that if you reward effort over achievement. Um, that gets kids more motivated and that cultivates a better mindset. So, um, you know, if you celebrate every time, you know, Tommy even tried to run and missed, that would be better than saying, you know, um, and say celebrate. Because, you know, e even if you're doing it unconsciously, if you are disappointed in any way, and, and trust me, we're all transparent to our children. Our children can read us very well, no matter what age they are. Um, um, if you show any disappointment, then they feel bad and wrong, and then it becomes a more stressful exercise for them in whatever they're doing. So we're creating stress for ourselves as well as our children. And so you know, celebrating everything, celebrating failures, celebrating successes, and celebrating, you know, with, with clarity that, hey, this is the goal. Not saying, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't do anything. So you do reward them for, you know, for effort, but not making it bad or wrong when they fail, but saying, hey, you know, um, uh, you tried, great. And, you know, you're getting better at trying. So, you know, that's, that's how uh, I think that that would be a better way of dealing with children. Um, 
but yeah, you know, having a firm goal of saying, you know, the goal is to be potty trained. It's never not to be potty trained. <laughs> and, and so don't give up on your kids is what I'm trying to say by saying, oh, well, he's not old enough. Making excuses for your children is selling them short, selling out on your own children. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. I know you're capable of it and Tommy's capable. It's, it's funny because, you know, and I think I mentioned this to you, uh, growing up in India, um, in India, they don't use, um, um, you know, the store-bought diapers. And they don't use the kind of cloth diapers that are available here that are waterproof. They actually have a cloth di diaper that's just a one sheet uh, thick cloth mm -hmm. diaper for even babies. And so what ends up happening is that the moms get trained early. And, you know, th think about it. If you were dealing with an infant that pooped, you would not have any anger or any emotion about it because you know an infant does an infant they're incapable of doing it so you train them at such a young age uh, that there's no conflict so all kids are potty trained by the time they're one year old in India and the reason for that is uh, because they never had the experience of you know having a diaper that makes it comfortable for them to pee or poop in yeah so, it's yeah, and I, I have a girlfriend who both of her children were potty trained by the age of two, and it was because of how she ran it in the early ages, where she just started introducing the potty or had them try the potty, you know, at an earlier age than when I started. So I know that it's definitely possible, you know, yeah. for children to be done early. Um, and I think, and, and, and I don't, I don't think I've said this yet, but we're not fully potty trained with Tom yet. So it's just still a work in progress. But, um, you know, I do remember with Valerie when both she and I would come to heads and I would find that I couldn't celebrate the effort anymore. I was getting too frustrated that we would take these little breaks and I would just say, it's okay. You know what? Let's just, we're, we're learning. It's all right. Let's just take a break from this and you, you know, and we'll regroup in a little while. And so we went back to diapers and, um, and then one morning she just, she woke up and said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to put my underwear on today. And then that was that. And it was done and it was better. It was just kind of like you said, where we were just, I couldn't keep myself positive. She was tired and I think frustrated too, you know, that she was failing and right. I wasn't able to make her feel good about the efforts. And, um, but yeah, once we took a break from that, all this, she regrouped and felt better and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then she did. There was that's, no accident. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, remember at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what age they got potty trained at. Exactly. <laughs> if you're still not using the potty at five, but I would worry about it. But <laughs> anything between now and yeah. yeah. Well, and I do, I'm thinking back to it, I was trying to remember, but I think that was two and a half. So yeah. she was, you know, this yeah. was the age. So, you know, it's feasible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and not, not about potty training, because like I said, you know, I was a bit um, permissive with my son about potty training. But um, I remember, um, uh, you know, I was a big reader growing up, and um, I, I kind of was cut off by other parents. I didn't have that many friends who were parents. Uh, and the few that I had, um, and my parents, my, my entire family lives in India, and my husband's parents had <clears throat> um, 
um, my mother-in-law um, had passed long before I got married to Ken. So I didn't have a lot of parenting role models. And because I grew up in India and America is very different the way they raise kids here. So I was making things up as I went along is, is the, the bottom line, right? So um, I remember, um, you know, um, reading with the kids and we used to read together. And, you know, I think most households um, read to their kids. And in, in the beginning, that's what I did. But then we started reading to each other. So... I would have, and my, my daughter being the oldest, she started reading to us very early. And then we kind of started running out of books to read. And I remember when she was in first grade, um, I had heard that there's this book that was out and it was very popular. And this is back in the day uh, called Harry Potter. <laughs> so, so I bought this book and had her read it to me at age six. Wow. And uh, that's a bit young. Um, and I didn't know that. And nobody told me that. <laughs> so it, it, it's almost as if we, because we didn't, we weren't, um, we weren't confined by a peer group. And so we made up our own rules and we kind of did our own thing. And I helped her a lot doing that. And, and what was interesting was it was a fascinating book. It's a really good book. So the kids were really into it. She really wanted to read it, and I had, a, I had to help her a lot. Uh, not only is it a difficult, it's higher for her age group, but it also has, you know, a lot of British words, and so she had trouble with those. And so, um, so yeah, it was funny. Um, you know, she read it to us, and then uh, two or three years later, one of her friends said, oh, have you read this book? And she said, oh, yeah, I read that in first grade. And they were like, how can that be? And, uh, but, but two things happened. So my, my daughter became an excellent reader because of it. And because, you know, we didn't put constraints, uh, on her ability to read based on our peer group. We didn't follow a prescription, you know, we didn't read a book. We didn't say, Hey, kids should be reading blah by the age of blah. I let her decide whether it was too hard for her or not. And also the second thing that happened was I never really worked that hard with my son to read. He just picked it up by just being there and watching me teach my daughter how to read. He picked it up. So he, he just started reading one day and it was like, oh, wow, you know, he just, uh, he just got there with no, no help because he just sat there quietly and observed. Yeah. So I, I think that it's kind of... We, we as moms put a, a lot of pressure on us, uh, whether it be, you know, the school that you're bringing your kid to saying, hey, he must be potty trained, which is, you know, fair. I mean, they, they can set the rules. Um, but also, you know, we put a lot of sort of positive and negative limits, right? You know, it, 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 the kid is too young to do this or the kid is too old to do something. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that's necessary. So... <laughs> uh, no, they are their own own individuals. It is amazing how different um, the two are, and to find you know motivating factors to for each of them things that work for Valerie don't in, in any way motivate Thomas. And um, it's been a very interesting learning curve for me to you know figure out what makes him tick and then, you know, work with that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I think that if you let them be themselves, but have a you know firm guidance, not you know let them be themselves, let them you know run around and do whatever. We set a very uh, we set very small set of rules in the house, but the kids were very clear what the rules were, and they were also very clear what the consequences were. We never got angry at them. We never raised our voice at them. We never really hit them, um, and um, and you know. Um, we didn't really have behavioral problems because of it, but because we kind of let them be, let them be for the most part. And then, you know, if we had to alter the rules, like, okay, so we made some basic rules, uh, and then we realized, oh, the kids are doing something that they shouldn't be doing. We'll sit them down and we'll say, okay, we're going to add a new rule. And this is why we're adding it. And this is how, you know, what happens if you do it and things like that. So um so yeah you know um yeah uh it, you, you kind of have to learn as you go <laughs> it's it's funny about you you say about the the whole anger thing i have another story i i remember when my kids were um i used to i used to do karate when i was younger and i stopped after i had kids because i was taking care of the kids and also working full time and then the kids became a certain age and, um, you know, I decided that, oh, they're old enough to go to karate now, so I'll bring them to karate while I do my own training. So that's perfect because we could both work out. And um, I would do karate with them at home. And one evening I was, you know, kind of in my own like head and uh, I was telling them to do, you know, punches and kicks. And they were really young. They were very young. They had no bone in their bodies to want to attack anybody <laughs> or to, but they had no concept of it. So they were just being very silly and I got, I got upset. And so I said, uh, pay attention. And you know, and not even like in a very violent tone, but they just both kind of froze and started staring at me because they'd never seen the side of me because I was actually serious about what I was doing. And I looked back and I said, you know what? This, this is not something they want. This is something I want. So at, at that point, I dropped it. We stopped taking them to karate. They, they eventually went back because they wanted to. Yes. But it became very clear to me that it, it was about what I wanted, not what they wanted. And so, I, I, again, I let them be and let them choose what they wanted to excel at. And just like what you said about Valerie, when she came to you and she said, I'm ready for this, Mom. That's when the magic happens, yes. you know. So. Yes, yes, and it's interesting you say that because I I had a friend who, um, I can't recall if they were going on vacation or what, but basically it was a struggle because they told the kids like this is what we're doing, and I recall my mom always sitting us down my brother and I, and we had more of a discussion. Like it was a, a family discussion about where our family vacation was going to be. Right. And I just remember a really appreciating that respect that, you know, Hey, we're part of the family too. And we get a say in this. Yes. And um, we recently, I took the children with my mom um, to Disney world. And I remember, you know, toy story lands a new, Toy Story place and my mom and I really wanted to ride these rides so we told the kids <laughs> we were going there and it was such a mistake like it, we had such a frustrating day because the children didn't want to be there they didn't want to ride those rides but my mom and I did and <laughs> it was very hot and we were just all very it was you know we were in the happiest place 
in on land and we were not happy. <laughs> so, you know, and it's very frustrating because it takes a lot of effort and money to get to that place to not be enjoying every second. So then that night we kind of wised up and we said to the children, you know, well, what do you want to do tomorrow? You know, what you tell you're in this family too. And um, they both had very specific ideas on what they wanted to ride. Right. And so it suddenly became, you know, every, the next day was more, everybody got a vote in what to do. And we rotated like, you know, it was Valerie's turn to pick a ride and then Tom and then mom and then myself, you know, and it, and it suddenly became much better. Yeah. yeah. We gave them the respect that they are little people and they yeah. are yeah. in this family. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that's such a beautiful story. But yeah, th that's a lesson I keep learning all the time. And just because my kids are older now doesn't mean that I, I don't always forget. <laughs> I do forget from time to time. <laughs> so, so it's just something that we, we get to work on all the time. And it's easier to do it when they're younger. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that's, that's beautiful. That's a, that's a great story. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, so... Um, if you had to say something to another mother who's struggling with potty training, whether it's their first or second child, what would you say to them? I would just say that it's a journey and, you know, just to try and have patience. And again, it's, it's definitely two steps forward, one step back. And it's up to us as the parent to have a new little trick up the sleeve, you know, to keep that, uh, experience fun and interesting for the kids and 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 it will like they'll they'll get to a uh, accomplishment and then they'll want to stop and right. then for Tom you know like the excitement was I let him go pick out some underwear well then we had another good three days of you know training and so it's just and at the end of the day you know they're not going to go to college not knowing how to go to the bathroom. And that's really, <laughs> you know, in the grand scheme of things, don't go crazy over it because one day it's going to click and, you know, that whole process will just be a, a distant memory. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's really great. Um, um, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much what I have to say is, you know, um, make, it's, it's about the journey, not the destination. And right around the corner when you've conquered this battle, there's other battles to be fought. So don't, don't make an enemy of your kid. That's one. Don't impact him in a negative way, him or her, because, you know, it's important that, you know, they've got a long journey ahead of them. Um, people, um, it, it, and again, you know, um, I, I, I've attended a few um, Tony Robbins seminar, and he, one of the stories he says is, you know, when you have a kid who is learning to uh, walk, uh, we don't always, we don't get mad at them if they fall. They get upset. And what, we, what do we do? We usually say, oh, that was great. You did great. We don't, you know, we, we never say, oh my God, you fell, you know, and you've tried a hundred times. Can you, you know, we, we never do that. We, 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 you know, if it takes them a thousand times, it doesn't matter if, if it takes them, uh, you know, even if they try to stand up and sway, we, we cheer, we go, yay, you did it. And, you know, we forget that somewhere along the line, you know, we forget that sentiment. 
Um, no, we never tell a kid, oh, well, you know, you've tried about a hundred times. Let's, you can just crawl for the rest of your life. You're not, you're not a walker. We never say that. So it's, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you kind of have to put things in perspective. And, you know, for, for your son, he's not even three. It's still easy to remember that he's just a child mm-hmm. and you get to encourage him and to do what you want him to do without giving up on him and making excuses for him. But at the same time, it becomes much harder when he'll be 20. And, you know, you're, you know, you'll want to be more critical of him at that point. (laughs) It'll be much, trust me, it'll be much harder as they get older. But yeah, so it's very important to remember that, you know, um, all effort matters. And it's, all all success is the result of a lot of effort so if we actually start celebrating effort um that'll be um that'll help and i would say if you can't find if you can't be positive about all effort even if it's you know the body then it's okay to take a break because the chances are if you're frustrated your child is frustrated yes and so taking a little break a few days or a week to reset you know, so long as you're communicating with the the child, I think that that is a good thing because sometimes we need to take a break from something that's not, it's not fun anymore. And, you know, I think ultimately what I've learned from Tom too, is that it's scary for him to go on the body. Like he has a fear, which is so weird to me, but I guess that makes sense if you've always stood up and gone in your diaper and then all of a sudden you're sitting in this big round hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anyways, so I think, yeah, it's important to to listen to yourself and your child. And if you need to take a break, that's okay. I wonder, you know, like I, I'm, so I'm, I, I eat very um, consciously, but I always take Saturdays off and celebrate. Like I eat anything on a Saturday that I give myself that. I wonder if that'll work with kids. I wonder if you can have a day for Tom that's, you can say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter today. You can do whatever. That's a good <laughs> idea. I'll try it and let you know. <laughs> yeah, I we'll have to touch back and see how it <laughs> <that> works. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with me, Andrea. And I will see you soon. And good luck with Tom. And uh, we'll check in again to see how how everything is going. Sounds good. Thank you. All right.